No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to the Word Bros Podcast. We're now on Twitter. Well, we're now back on Twitter at Word Bros Podcast because I forgot the login to the original one and I couldn't access the email because I forgot the original one. So we are now Word Bros Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, Word Bro Podcast. One word, Word Bro Podcast. That is us. That's us. Yes, Word Bro pod and if you don't know i'm kevin and he's bob my name is bob and we indeed are the word bros and Um, we we do make comics and we talk to people who make comics and we enjoy comics today is a big day for the word bros metal shark bro volume one hits comic shops today the binge line is pretty neat i don't think a lot of people really understand how it worked if you picked up issue one, there's not going to be an issue two, three, and four. It's issue one and then trade paperback. Yes. So if you're, a tr- if you're a collector guy and you want to get the whole thing in issues, that can't happen for you. But you can get an issue one yes. and collect that. And then you can go buy the rest of the story in the trade paperback. So the yes. idea is behind the binge line is that it satisfies the collector market and the collectability of an issue one. And it satisfies the trade paperback market that it seems to be growing more in comics than um individual issues and collecting the rest of the story in a trade format oh yes yes so that's the idea so hopefully like we can make that work um for scout and for us because we want that to happen we want that to work um and it's a pretty cool idea oh yeah it's a i think it's a great idea i mean me personally i think it's a great idea because you're hitting the the two most important markets in comics. People people bitch a lot about the speculator market, and they bitch a lot about um, comic collectors driving up prices and this and that. But without those guys buying comics and speculating on them, like I would say, your LCS may not do as much business or may not do as well in their business because of uh, or their business model, um, depending on if your LCS sells trades or not. Um, and most LCSs have picked up and gone to the, you know, the format of selling trades, um, but some don't. So it just depends, you know, like, uh, unfortunately for Metal Shark Bro, that means that you only have an issue one, but for other books, it's a good thing. Yeah. You don't have to wait for the trade. It's all there in one fail swoop and it's a really low price. It's 12 bucks. It's super cheap. So yeah. you can go out and grab it. You can go to Barnes and Noble because uh, it's got an ISBN number. I don't know if it's at Barnes and Noble yet. No? No. I'm not sure. We got to get that information because I think like I think Scout just signed some stuff with a with book distributor. So I think that may be happening later. But as for right now, you can just go to um, go to your local comic shop and order it. And it'll be there. You'll get it. So yeah, man. So Metal Shark Bro Volume One is in stores 
today because today is what the 26th of July of June coming the 16th of July, July is Metal Shark Bro Volume 2 Kickstarter. Uh, the boys are back in town. We're getting back together on this thing. Walter, myself, Big Kev, my main man, Chaz Pengburn. We're getting the boys together and we're doing the um, we're doing the second the second volume. So keep your eyes open for that. That'll be really fun. So get the band back together for volume two. Yeah, buddy. And uh, today we've got a very exciting guest who's also running a Kickstarter right now. Um, he's doing a book with our main man, Shane Berryhill, who's a great writer and friend out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Today we're talking to Alex Ogle, who is doing a book called uh, Jason and the Argonauts. So we're going to talk to him, and he's going to tell us all about his Kickstarter and all kinds of wonderful stuff. So let's listen to that. I think you just wanted to say Chattanooga, Tennessee. I love that word, Chattanooga. <laughs> just sounds very pro wrestling. It does. Chattanooga, Civic Center, we're going to tear it down, baby. <laughs> here with Alex Ogle, uh, who is promoting his Kickstarter with Shane Berryhill. That is Jason and the Argonauts. It's live on Kickstarter right now as we speak. Alex, it is yeah. a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me. This of is course. great. Well, Shane was berating me. I was like, Shane, <laughs> Shane emailed me like probably 10 times going, we're, we're launching this Kickstarter. You got to have Alex on. We're launching this Kickstarter. You got to have Alex on. We're launching sure. this Kickstarter. You got to sure. have Alex on. I said, Shane, what about you? Why don't you come on and be on the kick, on the podcast? No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what his excuse is. He never says. He, just... he said he's working. Like, oh, yeah. We're, working. we're all working. He's working nights <laughs> now and... He's sure. got something going. I just think, because like Shane, such a, he's such a charming Southern gentleman. Like I would love to have him on the podcast just to be Southern and charming. Yeah. You know? yeah. I picture him drinking like a mint julep or like a white <laughs> suit just sitting on a patio, you know? I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be very much on brand for Shane. Mm -hmm. Shane ain't here, so screw him. We're going <laughs> yeah. to talk talked about some not yeah, showing up. Yeah. yeah, we're going to talk to the brains behind the operation. <laughs> now, Alex, it looks to me like you were actually live at your um, – are you at your gallery as we speak? Or is this yeah, I'm actually in my gallery, which is in Chickamauga, Georgia, north of oh. uh, an hour and 45 minutes north of Atlanta, just 30 minutes outside Chattanooga. That's so. pretty cool. So you have your own gallery. The ball's on you to have your own <laughs> art gallery. That is really impressive. Well, every weekend I'm not at a convention, I'm here. So it's the same kind of thing every, every weekend for me. So what are you doing at your gallery? Like, are you just, are you working there? Are you promoting yeah, your work I use there? It as a studio as well. So then when people come in, they view artwork, they look at art books and things I have. I have original art from uh, people I picked up at shows too. So when I'm at a show, I'll buy from people and then I'll bring that here. And so they get to see things that they normally don't get to see if they don't, unless they're traveling to conventions. That's cool. And you have a very stylized work. I've always dug it. Like I noticed that a lot of your, a lot of your work that you promote at the cons and stuff are, uh, are normally like black and white, like very stylized kind of pieces. I think it's, it's a very cool looking, uh, yeah. cool looking pieces. Now, how did you settle into that, that style for, for your artwork? <laughs> I always tell people that I was, I loved indie comics in the, in the eighties when no one could afford color. <laughs> so everybody was printing in black and white and you really had that challenge. And so I, I loved looking at those books because you could really see the art behind it once it's mm -hmm. colored it's, it's it's harder to see right so when you look at those older books especially they would have you know half tone patterns all over them mm -hmm. so that was really hard to see the line work now with uh, digital coloring you're seeing that line work crisp 
clear, but before it was really hard. So I always loved seeing ink. So I, was, I always loved black and white books like Sin City and stuff like that. That's cool. Now, yeah. do you, uh, this is, we're also recording a little bit on video, um, but I guess nobody can hear videos. So kind of pointless, but <laughs> right. like, what's your favorite piece that you've done in your, uh, in your style and your cool black and white? Uh, style? See, I, I play around with characters a lot. So I have a, I have a Pikachu Thor combo, which is pretty really? funny. Okay. Oh, like talk about that one. Yeah. It okay. always gets a chuckle when they walk by and see it. So I that noticed, was, but I, it's real hard for me to choose a character out of everything. And I noticed right behind you is the bride and uh, Frankenstein's oh, yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah, that one's a fun one to do. I can yeah. see it; it's right there. If you move slightly <laughs> to your left, there it is. Bing, bing, yeah. bing. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a fun. It was going to be a very traditional Frankenstein bride, but I ended up giving her like tentacle legs and like a vampire skull, and she's got a sword. So it's like kind of kind of out there, a little crazy. That's cool. And Kevin has joined us. Kevin, can you hear us? I can. Okay, and, and we can yeah. we can hear you. So Kevin, meet Alex. Alex, this is Kevin. Kevin. Hey, Alex. We just you. we just railed on for like five minutes about Shane Berryhill, who is a real sweet. <laughs> Berryhill's a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you hook up with Berryhill? Uh, he's local to me, so we we met at a conventions too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Barry Hill kind of sweated you for a little, like, hey, man, let's do this book together. This is great. And you're like, fine, Shane, fine. Let's just do it. Just leave me alone. Is that how yeah. it came about? Yeah, and we've done a few. We've done a couple little small projects in, in anthology pieces and stuff, too, and things like that. But, yeah, that this is our first long, long-form long book. So, yeah. Now, speaking of long-form books, tell us about Jason and the Argonauts here that you guys are promoting on Kickstarter. <laughs> well, it's a graphic novel, so it's it's 48-page graphic novel, so it's not real long. But um, it's – it's about, uh, it's kind of based on Greek myth, um, but it's set in the future. It's all uh, space and they're right, riding around on a starship called the Argo. And uh, they're kind of humanity's last hope. They've escaped Earth when the Titans came to destroy it and things like that. So they're being hunted down by these Titan, these kind of huge creatures. Um, and they, so they have us uh, different robot vehicles that they fly around in and, and pilot. And they uh, they form this giant robot, Talos, which is their defender. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's all females. I, I always describe it. My short, real fast pitch is always is female Voltron Force. Nice. So I always tell people that, and, and it's it's kind of fun. So. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a Voltron vibe to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and I I love the designs of the young ladies and their costumes. Like, does the one girl in the blue have a third eye? Yeah, she's actually blind. She's like an oracle. So nice. Can, yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool because you do. You've got the green one, the purple one, the pink one, the red one, and the blue one. Yeah, Jason. Jason is uh, the one with the green hair, but she's like she's a regular human, and where the other ones are demigoddesses. So she's trying to keep up with them. So she's got a lot of work to do. That's awesome. Okay, okay. And you said this thing is forty-eight pages long, so it sounds like you're gonna get in, you're gonna get in, get out, and it look. I mean, it looks great, <laughs> yeah. dude. I mean, it looks. There's a lot great. of characters to fit in there, but yeah, it's it's, it's pretty <laughs> packed. So. Yeah, that's cool. Now, why 48 just to get it in and get it out? Uh, yeah, it's just I just I'm not trying to kill myself because I am doing the literally the pencils, the inks, the colors, the lettering, everything. So, wow. OK, OK. Wow. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and that's what I usually do on my Kickstarters. So if I can get a colorist to come in and help us, we'll see. But I think with our with our goal, our somewhat small goal right now is is not really affording a colorist to be added to the team so 3200 is a good goal and you guys what you've got 40 backers you're about half oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're like 51 percent right now so yeah. we're looking to get some more but yeah it's so, how you feeling about that how you feeling about that <laughs> huh? well, if, if, if people don't realize when they launch a kickstarter like what the up and down does to your mental 
you know, like when you the days that go by when no one backs it, no one no one hits it, and you're just like, it didn't change. You get nervous, and it, it really messes with you, and you start yeah. thinking, oh, maybe I should do something different, or you know. Yeah. But you know who understands, Alex? I'll let go. You What's know that? who understands? We understand. Yeah, you guys understand. I did. I would watch. I would watch our Kickstarters like ball games. Like I would just sit yeah. there and stare at yeah. the computer screen and just wait for something to happen. I would get frantic yeah. messages at all hours of the day or night. <laughs> exactly. Of, oh my god! It hasn't changed in like all day. <laughs> well, that's a scary feeling when you're. It is. You know, it you're, is. It's very scary. You're yeah. putting yourself out there. You want people to believe in the stuff that you believe in. You want them to back your book and. Go in two days without any backers. That's a that's a long, hard road to yeah. till, my friends. Yeah. yeah, but it is exciting. And on the other hand, when it actually your phone's lighting up with, "Hey, there's a new backer." Hey, there's a new backer. Oh, so you get that's phone updates? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you're no, we're not, we're not brave enough for that, Alex. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I get the notifications. Like it, it's not successful enough to where my phone's dying on me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> When it kills my phone, maybe I'll turn off the notifications. That'd be hot. That'd be some uh, late digestion right there, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there were phone notifications involved, there would be no sleep for either of us. No, I would just. Yeah, I mean, I barely sleep during a kick because people that don't do Kickstarters and they bank. God bless all the people that back the Kickstarters, but yes, like, yes. for people who do the Kickstarters, like. There is no rest. There's no pe- like. I would just wake up in the middle of the night and just check it real fast and go, okay, we've got you know 140 yeah. backers, and then yeah. go to bed, then check it first thing in the morning. And go, okay, we got two more while I was sleeping. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and it's and it's no rhyme nor reason because you think like, oh, if I go online and post things, then we'll get backers. But then yeah. sometimes that doesn't work either. You know? No, no. I mean, people back when they feel like it, right? Like even yeah. though they know about the hold, the wait, and they'll they'll decide and yeah. You know, it's, yeah, Bobby's like Julia uh, Roberts in Notting Hill when we do <laughs> like I'm just a boy standing in front of the internet asking Kickstarter <laughs> to love him. It's true. I mean, that's yeah. all I want, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a hard thing to do, man. It's a hard because it goes there's, there's the planning, there's the rewards, there's oh, like yeah. what about this one? What about that one? Yeah, the prep just the launch is hard enough. I mean, yeah. people don't realize how hard it is to put that page together, and you're and you're considering all the just different strategic things to put into the page so, yeah 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 <coughs> and how the- we calm each other down we, we it's good that we, there's, <laughs> there's you and barry hill are like in the same city because then you can uh-huh. calm each other down you can you can take each other out to coffee or like have mm-hmm. a beer and calm each other down so that's right. good We're not in the same city so it, it's constant phone calls and constant hysteria yeah. yeah. And yeah. Barry Hill seems like a, like a pretty calm dude. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe that's just me speaking. Maybe that's just the, <laughs> the vibe he puts out at shows, but he always seems very chill. He's very relaxed. Yeah. 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 He, he hasn't gone crazy on me yet. So I guess he's that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't lost it and gone like, we have no more backers. No one's come in yet. No, he's not sending me any texts like that. So, so do you, so when you're working with, uh, do you normally work with writers? Cause I know you did, um, I know you did, uh, what, uh, the action cats midnight thing. Was that something? Oh, that yeah. You, Hero cats. Did, yeah. Did you action. write hero cats? No, no. Midnight? Was, uh, the creator of hero cats is in Atlanta. And okay, so, yeah. Kyle Putterman, right? Yeah, yeah, Kyle. Okay. And, uh, I worked with him directly, and I did everything on the Midnight books. And Midnight was like the spinoff of the regular Hero Cats series. Yes. The regular mm-hmm. Hero Cats is like a team of cats that fight supervillains, and Midnight's kind of Batman cat. So I got to do all his books. So I got oh, to be fun. stylish with it and play around, and 
I did everything from the logo design to all the lettering and everything on that. That's too. awesome. Now, how many yeah. of those books came out? Because that was a pretty successful series, Hero Cats. Uh, we did we did two sets of three issues. So I did oh, that's killer. Issues. Yeah, okay. so there's two trades out there. Yeah. Now, do you normally now do you normally work with writers or do you write yourself as well? Uh, I've done two Kickstarter projects where I wrote the books myself. Okay. Uh, I did a, a short story called uh, The Changing Tales, which is all based on grim fairy tales where the characters are trapped in this loop and they're trying to break free and the huntsman from Snow White kind of becomes aware. And so he's changing the stories. And oh. so that was kind of a short little one shot that I did. And then I did uh, my first Kickstarter was uh, Infinity Pilot, which uh, was about, about a, a female pilot of a giant robot defending the, the world. So, oh, so that, that sounds cool. So like, so what are some, what are some challenges in working with a writer and then doing everything yourself? Uh, there, well, yeah, when I write, I'm writing visually along with script. So okay. I'm, I'm kind of working out like scenes and things and I'm tying it all together, but I'm still pretty fluid. Um, and the, I don't always work that way, but I did on Infinity Pilot and I, I like that feeling of being able to change it and mold it a little different. Um, and then do dialogue after. So it's kind of a Marvel method with myself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that leaves you with a lot more visual cues that you can work with. Like you can have whole pages that you're not really saying a whole lot because you're not thinking in dialogue anymore. You're thinking just completely with sequence and like frame to frame kind of things. So you can do a lot more with, uh, almost, I always call it animating when you're really making a frame tied to another frame. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you can really do sequences and things like that. And it, it gets you out of, oh, here, because when you write, you, you know, you, you're breaking it down into typical page formats, like saying, oh, it's five page panels. Um, here's what happens and you get into descriptions and it's up to the artist to kind of mold that and change it maybe a little bit, play with it. Um, but, and add sequences into there, like close, uh, you know, zooming a shot or changing and, and making one panel that the writer may have said, oh, this is the shot and then it changes to this. Well, the artist might go in there and break that into three panels or something to do an animated effect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're working with yourself only, you can, you're thinking in those effects from the get go. So. Okay. So as a, as an artist, do you say, would you say it's easier to work in that Marvel style than it is when you have a script or would you say you prefer working from a script because it's a tighter regiment uh it depends sometimes it's nice to work from a script because there's not that you're not questioning yourself right you're not <laughs> never doubt right because if you start doubting things you start manipulating it and then it never ends you can just keep changing things um but with a writer you know what i find what happens is uh it slows down a little bit because what we have to do is we have to approve what i'm doing right and there's also a lot of thought of what does this character really mean and to you? And then like, I'm trying to translate that and see and understand it too at the same time. So there's a little more work involved. That makes sense. When I, when I do it myself, I, I'm, you know, I, I automatically know there's, there's no like trying to learn from each other what, what we're trying to go for. So mm. yeah, it can be a little faster on that side if, if you're doing it all yourself. So. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cause like Kevin and I have done projects in the Marvel style. And then we've also done projects where like we're breaking down panel by panel, page by page. And, and as a writer, I expect uh, the artist to kind of go in and go, you know what, I kind of move this here and change the panel here and change the right. panel here because I don't have all the answers. Like for me as a writer, like sometimes that's the yeah. hardest part of, of, of writing is some of the panel descriptions. And like, if you're doing, Kevin and I were having this conversation yesterday, uh, like if you have a, a scene of dialogue, like how do you do that dialogue on the page to make it yeah. interesting 
working for everybody. How are you dragging the eye along, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I can always tell when uh, writers like going, it's up to you. And it's like kind of like leaving it a little open. And mm -hmm. I can tell he's just telling me what is most, like almost the first thought out of his head. It's more like the, the typical concept of how you break it down, right? Yes. So then it's me, it, it's up to me to like add complexity there and nuances and stuff. And so it's, it, uh, it kind of can, if you stick too close to a script, I think you won't add those pieces. Like, unless the writer's like going crazy with that stuff and trying to come up with it on his own. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, when you're working with a writer, yeah, you, you gotta know like, oh, I'm going to really elaborate and go and do some really interesting visual cues here and, and whatnot and add that in. So. Yeah, I would say that I actually liked the Marvel style uh, when we did it for this anthology that we did um, because it was just a little bit easier for me to go, Oh, okay. Like he just took the Marvel style thing that I like gave him plot wise and just ran with it. And yeah. this was easier to, to just go through and be like, Oh, like now all I have to do is figure out the dialogue. Cause right. we didn't have any uh, definitely scripted dialogue. It was just loosely thrown in there. Like it, here's what's happening. This person's mad about this. This is going on here. Exactly. Yeah. If people don't know what the Marvel method is, it is that's, that's what it is. It's, it's working off a loose concept, not just a tight script. So yeah. 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 But, the, but I think there's a, I think it's worth spending a lot of time reviewing the art and the, how the dialogue's fitting in with the writer because there could be changes at that point. And that, at that point, you can, you can change things up to make it sharper. Because I yes. think a lot of times the right, artist might not translate it quite right. And it might, it might seem weird with the dialogue if you take it directly out of the script and there's no review process at that point. Mm -hmm. I think there has to be some fluidity there and you should changes and being open to that at that point. Makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, that's where I think a good editor comes in as well too. Because I mean, like, yeah. if you've got somebody who can edit your stuff and can edit it tight, then yeah. you can kind of get very concise because sometimes I, uh, some writers and I, I'm, I, I tend to do this more than Kevin. I get wordy because mm. I, I, love, <laughs> I love the, I love words. I love to talk. I love talking, you mm. know? So I get, I tend to get wordy. So sometimes I need an editor to come in and go, no, 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 no. Let's lose some of that. And what Kevin likes to do when he writes is Kevin will write basically the same piece of dialogue, like three times, but in different ways each time. And then like, you just kind of pick the best one later. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never seen a script yeah. like that. Like, he'll write, like, like, cause he'll pass the script over to me and I'll go, I'll proofread it and see where we are. And then he'll have a line of dialogue. That's the same kind of three points just written slightly different each one. And it's just kind of like, whatever one sounds the best we should. Do. And it yeah. normally, normally the best line ends up getting on the page, which is cool. But this is long yeah. before like the artist will see, I would never hand something like that over to the artist. Cause they would think oh, yeah, yeah. nuts, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the artist definitely wants a, a, a choice that or doesn't want to have to choose. Like that's, yeah. yeah. They just want to be fed the stuff and then be able to like work with that. And cause we're always reading it and thinking of what writers trying to say. Right? Yes. Kind of translate. Even though we're getting descriptions and we're getting dialogue, we're always thinking, okay, what is the point of these panels and how it ties together? Yeah. Well, what is this knucklehead trying to do? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, sometimes on the scripts, we even write, if you got any questions, just call or email. Sure, or sure. Yeah. We'll yeah. It out, so. I, I think it's worth reviewing the script one on one, go through the whole thing if you can. Yeah, that's always, it always helps. So, yeah.
Nice. So like, so you and Barry Hill seem to be working well together. This book looks, it looks really, really fun. Like I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping it works out for you guys. Like yeah, I said, this is like everything from my childhood. I loved Robotech and Voltron and stuff. And well, I, I mean, you already, you already said that you did a book that's kind of yeah. similar, but yeah. different to this, you know, yeah. what I'm now, my, my infinity pilot was definitely like uh, it's kind of like the robot was kind of a mixture of iron giant and Thor. Mixed oh, that's cool. Okay. So, yeah. And, and the pilots are recurrent reincarnated from the from the robots so the robots are infinite back in time and they keep reincarnating they're they're recreating their like pilots over and over so that's yeah awesome. it's kind of an interesting little twist on the story that's cool yeah, that is cool um which robotech though see this is important <laughs> was it was it macross or was it the the second one or the... I, I grew up on robotech i would get up at 6 30 or 6 o'clock in the morning every saturday and watch two like an hour's worth of like two episodes back to back of robotech every week <laughs> so that's what i grew up on well i meant which one like the planes the motorcycle uh, i like I, I, I you know i liked all three of the of them but i i definitely the first the first series probably really got me with Rick Hunter and everybody. With Rick Hunter, yeah, Rick Hunter. And, uh, because the Bear Tech robots and everything, the, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was a Cyclone guy myself. I like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do love that. I had like a model of it and everything, made it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love those things. And then when it comes to Voltron, everybody loves the lines, but I think people sleep on the car. Like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, ships. Huh? Yeah, ships. people. It's like a million ships that form. Yeah, and obviously people <laughs> they are, slept on that one. There, like yeah. everybody loves the the lion one, and obviously slow. But I remember the one that was like it had even the toy had the car wheels. So it was like the fucking thing was on roller skates. It was like <laughs> yeah. Under- yeah, vehicles yeah. and the feet were cars yeah and it sucked because it, like, it never stood yeah. still it was just they were like rovers they were like, <laughs> and, like, and i had rovers, i had like those shogun warriors too like i had those big plastic <laughs> those robots awesome. and those, those things have like roller skate wheels on the bottom yeah, too yeah, I believe, yeah. but if i remember right as a yeah. kid I, well because if you get godzilla to punch one of them they need to fly backwards <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah but the problem is godzilla couldn't punch it because it would just gracefully slide across the floor and you couldn't <laughs> get over here robot so impact He's sock a- you in the face <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome dude so yeah man so this kickstarter is going on for 16 more days this podcast should yeah. be out tomorrow oh okay great or thursday so people will get the word quickly about it uh-huh. um, where are you on social media alex ogle uh my main social media is instagram so if you look look me up there you know you'll find me it's uh i think it's just alex ogle on there um but yeah it's that's my main my main place where i post the most uh, I do post on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, but that's mostly about my gallery as well. Okay. What shows I'm going to? I still love the idea that you have a gallery. Like that's so wonderful. <laughs> you do events and stuff. Didn't you do a 24-hour comic? Yeah, uh, yeah, the- I did. I, I had Hoyt Silva and uh, and Shane came to that as well. We all we all made comics that day. That's awesome. awesome. Now yeah. explain to people uh, who who are listening, they might not know what a 24-hour comic is. It sounds pretty simple. Oh. <laughs> it sounds simple. It actually sounds like hell. It's the second worst thing for stress <laughs> next to Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like you have to try to m- create a comic in 24 hours. So you're trying to create a page in an hour, basically. Um, but that's really tough, too, because you might – we, the the rules are a little weird like you can probably have a concept when you come in like you don't have to like be uh start from absolute scratch you can mm-hmm. have character designs in your head and all that stuff and just start making a comic but yeah trying to draw a comic in 24 hours is very difficult yeah. i don't know if we had anybody really make it we all we did a lot of work we had a lot of fun but it, it's uh, yeah yeah no, <laughs> we're ever- all too picky to make it in 24 hours like we all they like, go ah oh, it's we, we all laid out pages we all made made 
that's cool. They just, yeah, it was like really difficult. Now, have you ever went back and like mined those 24 hour comics for like ideas for other works? A lot of people have, uh, I know some of the people that were here, they, they actually released their, their comic. They made it they finished it off and everything. Oh, that's awesome. And stuff. And yeah. If memory serves me correctly, when we were talking to Ryan Otley at, um, at a show we were at, Grizzly Shark was a 24-hour comic yes. idea. Oh, really? Yeah, like no. he just, he said that he just came up with it for a 24-hour comic and he just <laughs> like kind of did it and finished yeah. it and then gave it to Image and was like, hey, I want to do this. And they were like, sure, let's do it. Well, he said he didn't finish it 24. He did, just like Alex yeah. said, he didn't yeah, finish yeah. it that yeah. day, but he was like, this is too much fun to stop. Exactly. So, it's, it, the thing on. about it is, is that you can't do your best work in that 24-hour period. No, it's impossible. Right? So yeah, you're not going to be shown anything that's really very print ready. It's going to have to take some work afterwards. Um, but yeah, it, it, you have to be really loose in order to make it and actually finish something and, and have it tied enough to where you can really think, I'm going to print this book and go off without editing it. After that. <laughs> but, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm not touching it again. Like you yeah. can, it's definitely a good starting point. I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, I, anybody can do the 24 hour challenge. It's, it happens. I think the, was it the first weekend September maybe or something is it? like that? I thought it was in yeah. the because yeah, it's September because what they do novel November, which sounds to okay. me like I don't understand why these social media people and all these artists and creatives want to try to kill themselves by doing a twenty-four hour comic <laughs> and writing a novel in a month. Like that sounds like fucking torture. Yeah. It just sounds like you're putting way too much pressure on yourself it to is. get things done that you're already putting pressure on yourself to do anyway. Yeah, the best thing to look, look at it as is it's a it's a it's a starting off point. It forces you to work solid that day, and it's a cool thing to get everybody together and just talk shop. Yeah, remember, mm-hmm. conventions we're not talking about that stuff. We're yeah. we're talking about like this is a book I have coming out, or this is what I worked on. But we're not actually talking about like specifics. Like you can get into lots of detail. If you're sitting around with people for 24 hours, you're gonna have a lot of conversations about all, <laughs> yeah, right? all sorts of production things that you're going through and. And people are discovering new software and stuff. I mean, you're sharing lots of information. That's cool, man. That's cool. And that's what we like to kind of do here on Word Bros. Share information (laughs) that might be interested. Um, So, yeah. So, again, check out the Kickstarter. It's live right now. It is Jason, J-A-C-I-N, and the Argonauts. It's up on Kickstarter. It's a beautiful book, man. Congratulations. It looks wonderful. Uh, I can't, it looks dope. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, I can't wait for this thing to be out in the world from Shane Berryhill and Alex Ogle. Alex, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Alex Ogle uh, promoting his Kickstarter, Jason and the Argonauts. It's live on Kickstarter right now. Just go to kickstarter.com and search for Jason, J-A-C-I-N, and it'll pop right up. And you, yes, you can back that beautiful book. Alex is a talented dude, man, talented cat. It looks really good, so I'd suggest you guys like get on it, check it out. It's uh, get on it, giant, get on giant it. robots and monsters. Like you know how the word bros are. We like giant robots and monsters. We do. Yeah, like. Uh, my dad it's had definitely a, a weak point. My dad had a saying when I was a kid. He used to say, "Simple things for simple minds." And giant <laughs> monsters and robots is definitely like the, the be all end all for simple things, simple minds. When I really stop and think about it, but yeah, man, it's a good book. It looks cool. Barry Hill's a cool dude, so I'm glad that uh, that they got together and knocked that thing out. It must be weird to like work with an artist that lives in your town. I don't yeah. think we've ever done that. Yeah, I think I mean, everybody's on the internet. 
But as close as we've gotten is Drew. But I mean, Drew's in your town. He's not in my town. Yeah. I mean, we're close enough. We're not yeah. even in the same town. But we're yeah. in the same state. So that that's. Well, Drew Moss, you guys are closer. You guys are like you guys can hang out. If yeah, yeah. Guys... He's he's like thirty five minutes away. But yeah. I mean, if he was in the same town, it would be a super super. Like, it's we'd... he's readily available, if you will. Yes, he's not he's not far. How about that? Where yeah. you guys can sit down and have like meetings and stuff about the book. Yeah, and... we we can we can, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> have, I mean, you guys have brainstormed. I mean, we have before. We have before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, when I say but we can, but we don't, I mean, like, most of the time we end up bullshitting about other stuff we're more excited yeah. about. Than- yeah, who wants to talk about work when you're hanging out? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> most of the time we end up just making fun of each other like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> we do make fun of each other a lot when we're in the same room together. Yeah. There's a bunch of that that happens, yeah. So We, we should probably talk more about doing cool shit than, than making fun of each other. Maybe. We might get more done. Maybe. It could happen. Maybe. Could happen. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and speaking of being together, uh, I'll be in town uh, for the 4th of July, so I'm going to try to get up with all of you dudes so we can hang out, so that'll be fun. And then maybe- 4th of July is on a Thursday, so that's good. Like, I can I can definitely hang out. So yeah, so that'll good. be fun. So we'll get together and hang. I mean, I'm not going to hang out on the 4th of July. I'm sure I got to go watch. No, you're going to be like on Friday or whatever. Which yeah, is some, someday I'll be there hanging out. But it'll be fun. Friday or Saturday, usually with 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 a with a Bobby hangout. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to head back. Uh, we probably won't have a show uh, Fourth of July week because it's Fourth of July. It's Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. But then after that, um, the eighth, we're gonna have on Carlos, who's doing um, Strayed. Phony. That guy's got a fucking. He's got a sweet hair. I'll give him that. Carlos his hair. Um, he's got like a sweet afro. Yeah, hair. like it's awesome. Like, I mean, nice. hopefully he listens to this and doesn't think we're making fun of him because we're not. We, not we both were, when he walked away, I went, that guy has really cool hair. And Bobby goes, he does. He does. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll have to tell him. We'll like, have, have to tell him, like, dude, you got, you got sweet hair, dude. You like, got, your hair's dope, man. Yeah, that, that'll be the – that's probably be – knowing us, that'll be the way we lead the interview. Man, you got cool hair. Yeah, that's probably – that's <laughs> probably right. That's how we do things. I'll be like, hey, Carlos – we don't want to talk about your comic. We want to talk about hair. We want to talk hey, about your hair. Let's hey, keep that shit so tight. But let's not. Let's. We don't want to give away all of our questions yet. We'll have to do that when he comes on. So <laughs> he'll be our next guest. Yeah. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. Metal Shark Bro Volume One hits comic stores today because this podcast will be out on Wednesday the twenty sixth. If you didn't back the Kickstarter, if you haven't seen us at a convention, if you want to buy the book, it should be available, readily available at your local comic shop. If not, you can order it and they can get it in Metal Shark Bro. Volume one in stores today, the 26th of today. And, and we'll probably be talking about it a lot more and we'll probably give you an ISBN number. We'll probably um, do all those kinds of things to get you to order the book. So yeah. please do please, please support your uh, word bro friends here. Yeah. Uh, us, the two of us and Walter have worked very hard on this uh, metal shark bro yeah. uh, volume one. And uh, we hope that you enjoy it. And, and the vast majority of people have. So that's really good. Uh, we yeah. like hearing all the nice things you guys have to say about the book and things you liked about. We like hearing, I, what I like hearing more so than a review is things that you actually liked about it or things that surprised you about the book because um, we weren't sure how it would go over. So uh, you never like the cool, the cool thing about writing comedy is it's fun. The bad thing is you never know how the jokes are going to land or who, jo- what jokes are going to land with whom. So um, you never know how that's going to go over. So when, when we're writing jokes, we're just tossing jokes out there into the ether. Um, and to hear you guys talk about certain jokes is awesome. So Yeah, it's cool, man. We really dig it. So yeah, dude, so uh, your fine local comic store will have Metal Shark Bro. So pick that up and we will talk to you guys in two weeks with Carlos from Strayed and Space Riders 3.
you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.